Hi, I'm Dr. Alicia Armistead. Welcome to Healing Arts Podcast. I'm here today to talk to you about thyroid health. Have you ever wondered why you have low energy even after a full night of sleep and having countless cups of coffee? Or why even after exercising and monitoring everything you eat, you can't lose weight? Perhaps you've been given antidepressants, but deep down inside you know it's not the solution. It might have to do with your thyroid, the gland that governs our metabolism. If it is your thyroid, you would not be alone. For about 20 million people in the U.S. alone have some form of thyroid disease. If you have already been diagnosed with a thyroid condition and are doing everything your doctor and the internet are telling you, but you are still not feeling well, don't get discouraged because I'm here today to share with you health tips that can help you feel better. Whether you have hypothyroid, hyperthyroid, Hashimoto's, Graves' disease, whichever situation your thyroid is in, or maybe you haven't been diagnosed with a thyroid condition, but you might think that it's your thyroid that's causing some problems in your body, I will give you health tips that will help. I wanted to do this podcast because the thyroid is one of the most important and often mismanaged glands we have working in our body. This butterfly-shaped gland located below the center of our neck secretes hormones that control some major functions, including the weight management, how our body uses energy, our fertility, how we metabolize our food, and even how well we sleep. For women, hormones can shift out of balance during childbearing and menopause, and even under chronic stress. I think that's why women tend to have more thyroid issues than men. Personally, I want to have steady energy all day long and a metabolism that's on my side. And if you do too, then it's important to take care of your thyroid. The thyroid gland needs specific vitamins and minerals to do its job properly. Since we are all unique in how our hormones are functioning, the best way to get a handle on what our body specifically needs is to get muscle tested to identify your specific needs and imbalances. There are many ways to support thyroid health easily and naturally, utilizing food and nutrients to encourage proper functioning and avoid certain things. The way we eat can actually help or hurt our thyroid gland. The signs and symptoms of an unhealthy thyroid range widely, but some of the common complaints include fatigue, unexplained weight gain or weight loss, depression, constipation, sleep issues, and more. These symptoms can have a serious impact on our everyday life. And whether you have a thyroid condition or not, eating in a way that supports the thyroid can support your overall well-being. With the right information, we can make simple choices to improve our thyroid health. This is how. 1. Know the possible contributors to thyroid disease. It doesn't matter if you have hypothyroidism, hyperthyroidism, or an autoimmune condition. Hashimoto's is the autoimmune condition for hypothyroidism, and Graves' disease is the autoimmune condition for hyperthyroidism. All these things can bother the thyroid. Pesticides, artificial sweeteners, low-fat or no-fat diets, including the wrong fats. I'll go over specifically the good fats. Iodine deficiency, eating certain foods raw. These foods are called goitrogenic foods, and I will explain what that means. 
Also eating highly refined, processed, and packaged foods puts stress on the thyroid and causes an imbalance. So does fluoride toxicity, mercury toxicity, candida, eating sugar because it feeds the candida, and viruses. Viruses can also play a big part in an autoimmune condition. High stress levels, soy, and soy-containing foods. So to avoid pesticides, eat as organic as possible. And to avoid artificial sweeteners, avoid eating or drinking anything, including gum with aspartame in it, which doesn't only put stress on the thyroid, but is also known to cause cancer. The right type of fats is so important for the thyroid. I want to take some time here now to explain what healthy fats are. For so many people still have a fat phobia, as some are concerned about dietary fat causing heart disease and increasing weight, although eating healthier forms of fat can actually have the opposite effect. As a result, I encourage my patients with thyroid and autoimmune thyroid conditions to eat healthy fats. I prefer for my patients to get most of their healthy fats from whole foods because fats found in food are more nutrient-dense than oils on their own. Fats are essential in providing the body with energy. Every single cell in your body has an outer membrane that protects it from damage. This membrane is made up of proteins and fats. Fat keeps us warm and protects the organs in our body. Fats are also crucial for proper absorption of the fat-soluble vitamins A, vitamin D, vitamin E, and vitamin K. One of my favorite healthy fats is avocados. Avocados are nutrient-dense and rich in fats. According to the research, avocado consumption helps support cardiovascular health as well. Now, coconut is also rich in fat, and they're a superfood that can be eaten raw, dried, flaked. Coconut flour can be used in baking. Coconut oil can be used for cooking, oil pulling, It can be used topically as well on the skin if you're having any skin issues. One study actually took all the components of the coconut plant and found that coconut also has antiviral, antiparasitic, antibacterial, and antifungal properties. The same study also showed that it has lots of antioxidants and it protects the kidneys, heart, liver, and increases bone volume. Coconut oil also helps raise HDL cholesterol, which is the good cholesterol, and keeps the triglycerides low. Consuming coconut oil may aid in weight loss, too, and it's also known to prevent Alzheimer's disease. Now, recently, coconut oil has gotten some bad press, and at first I didn't understand why, so I did a lot of research. And the study that prompted the American Heart Association to vilify coconut oil, I want to point out that this study represents a severe conflict of interest. It was written by authors who were funded by the Canola Oil Council, the Walnut Commission, the National Cattlemen's Beef Association, and a long list of major pharmaceutical companies. You can understand why competing industries would want to vilify their competition and pharmaceutical companies have a deep, vested interest in selling statin drugs. 
With all the positive studies out there citing coconut oil's benefits, it's hard to conclude that coconut oil is unhealthy from this one clearly biased study. So at the end of the day, know that I do still support the use of coconut oil. Now, seafood is a clear nutrient powerhouse of fat content. Fish and shellfish are rich sources of omega-3 fatty acids, DHA, and EPA, which decrease inflammation in the body. Seafood effectively prevents cardiovascular disease, regulates body weight, decreases the risk of type 2 diabetes, reduces inflammation, and also protects against Alzheimer's. I frequently recommend a fish oil supplement to my patients to reduce inflammation. Some will ask about krill oil or cod liver oil, and I do think these are good wellness sources of EPA and DHA, but they aren't as effective as fish oils in reducing inflammation. The reason is because these have lower levels of EPA and DHA, so the higher content of EPA and DHA found in fish is what's really going to help. Fish is also a great source of vitamin D. I found a lot of my patients have a vitamin D deficiency, and while most people with a deficiency will take a supplement, eating a diet rich in seafood is one way to increase the levels. Getting regular sunlight is also important. Patients with both Graves' disease and Hashimoto's commonly have low vitamin D levels. And supplementation of vitamin D can help decrease thyroid antibodies. Fish is also a good source of iodine. And while this might concern some people with thyroid and autoimmune thyroid conditions, keep in mind it improves fertility, regulates the immune system, and speeds up wound healing. An iodine deficiency can cause hypothyroidism and actually stunt growth and speech in children. However, while I do think that iodine deficiency eventually needs to be corrected, not everyone does well with iodine, so it's best to get muscle tested to see if an iodine supplement or food rich in iodine will help you. Fish is also high in selenium. Selenium has many benefits, including playing a role for the conversion of T4 to T3 and reducing thyroid antibody levels. I typically recommend for my patients to eat at least two to three servings of seafood per week, and I recommend fresh wild-caught fish versus farm varieties. While there is no question that seafood has many health benefits, there is also a risk associated with seafood consumption. One of the main concerns is the mercury found in fish. That's why I limit fish intake to two to three servings a week and not daily. And muscle testing patients also helps to see if their body even likes fish. Healthy fats and oils. Almond oil, avocado oil, grass-fed butter, coconut oil, duck fat, hazelnut oil, lard, olive oil, chicken fat, and sesame seed oil are the oils that I really like for patients to use. But if you have Hashimoto's or Graves' disease or any other autoimmune situation going on, don't do any nuts, seeds, or their oils. So oils to avoid are anything with the word hydrogenated in it. Avoid canola oil, corn oil, cottonseed oil, grapeseed oil, margarine or any other butter substitutes, 
cooking sprays, palm kernel oil, peanut oil, safflower oil, shortening, soybean oil, sunflower oil, and vegetable oil. I always prefer for my patients to get the most of their daily fat intake from whole foods because whole foods are more nutrient-dense than the isolated oils themselves. When eating whole foods, it's difficult to also eat too much fat. When using an oil for cooking, making salad dressings, etc., always choose fats from the healthy list and avoid anything processed or hydrogenated. Cooking your own meals ensures that you know exactly what oils are being used. When eating out, it's most difficult to control what oil is being used to cook your food. Most restaurants will use the low-quality, cheap vegetable oils for cooking. And so unless you know the chef or the menu actually states what oils are being used, you can assume any time you eat out that you are consuming unhealthy fats. This is one reason why I prefer to dine in most of the time. It's the quality of the fats that make a difference. Eating fat won't make you fat. Your body needs the fat to function properly, so don't be afraid of fats. At the end of the day, industry-funded studies and mainstream media all have an agenda to sell you something. But know that my agenda is proper nutrition to support the thyroid health and reversing thyroid autoimmunity. Make sure you have enough iodine in your body, either from your diet or from eating the wild-caught fish, shrimp, and seaweed, or in supplement form. If someone doesn't have enough iodine, the thyroid actually swells and a goiter forms in the neck, causing thyroid issues. Yet, too much iodine can bother the thyroid, so if you want to supplement with it, it's best to do it under a healthcare provider's care. I'll never forget the day I found out that eating a kale salad every day for lunch wasn't great for my thyroid health. Yes, how could kale not be good for me? The problem wasn't necessarily with kale itself, for it's one of my favorite vegetables. The problem is that I was eating it every day raw and juicing it actually for breakfast too. I was eating about four cups of raw kale a day. It turns out that foods have naturally occurring compounds called goitrogens. Consumed in excess, these can have a negative impact on the thyroid gland. If you have any thyroid condition, do not eat goitrogenic foods raw. Goitrogenic foods are broccoli, cabbage, kale, collard greens, mustard greens, cauliflower, Brussels sprouts, radishes, turnips, kalarabi, and rutabaga. Do not eat these foods raw. I want you to understand that the thyroid functions much like a data center for the body, keeping the body in homeostasis. When something stresses out the thyroid, this ideal functioning gets thrown off, which in turn throws off the entire endocrine system. To compensate and power the body, the adrenal glands pump out excess adrenaline. Other organs also start to compensate as well, and everything gets out of balance. If it gets out of balance so much to an extreme, it can lead to lots of different problems. I've seen thyroid problems be a precursor to chronic fatigue syndrome, fibromyalgia, and multiple sclerosis. 
I truly believe when I am helping my patients with thyroid conditions, we are also preventing other illnesses from occurring. Preventative health care is the best health care there is. Everything else is diseased care. Mysterious weight gain is a common symptom that leaves many people beyond frustrated. You're watching what you eat, you're exercising regularly, and the number on the scale just keeps going up. We need to get the thyroid happy again. But sometimes it's not just about the thyroid. It's also about the sluggish liver. Like I said, when the thyroid isn't happy, everything else starts to compensate, including the liver. A sluggish liver can occur for a number of reasons. Viruses, mercury toxicity, candida, fluoride toxicity, excess alcohol consumption are just some of the main reasons. If the body doesn't get rid of them on its own, then these toxins stay in the system, giving the liver and lymphatic system continuous purifying work to do, so they keep getting strained. All of that and the adrenal glands that are overcompensating for the underactive thyroid flood the liver with excess adrenaline, giving it even more of a toxic load. It's the resulting overburdened sluggish liver and lymphatic system that are behind a hypothyroid patient's ability to have difficulty losing weight or to gain pounds without control. A lot of times I explain to patients that to lose weight, we need to support the liver first, and this is why. Now, when it comes to fluoride toxicity, for some reason, fluoride attaches to thyroid tissue instead of iodine. So know that if you take prescription drugs like Prozac, you swim in pools or sit in hot tubs, you're being exposed to fluoride. Fluoride is in conventional produce also, like lettuce and commercial bread and bakery products. It may be in beverages like iced tea, wine, beer, made with city or town water, or an infant formula. And of course, it's in toothpaste. It may even sneak into your food from Teflon-coated pots or pans. Fluoride is a neurotoxin that collects in the brain and spine. Fluoride also calcifies the pineal gland and hardens the arteries. Fluoride toxicity can increase the risk of hypothyroidism, reduce infertility, and causes debilitating bone issues. So what can you do about it? The first thing is to make sure your toothpaste doesn't have fluoride in it. Toothpaste ingredients will be found not on the tube, but on the box when you first bought the toothpaste. So it is best to check online for your toothpaste ingredients. Step two is to filter your water if it's not well water or drink bottled water. Brita, Pure, and other common filters do not remove fluoride. Reverse osmosis water filters do and are best for filtering out fluoride along with chlorine and other heavy metals, but they also take out trace minerals which are healthy for the body. So if you have reverse osmosis water, just make sure that you replace the minerals with mineral drops or take a trace mineral tablet every now and then. If you think you may have fluoride toxicity, taking iodine or tamarind can help. A study that was published in the European Journal of Clinical Nutrition showed that tamarind, T-A-M-A-R-I-N-D, can remove fluoride deposits from your bones. 
In this study, researchers discovered that healthy boys who consumed a third of an ounce of this fruit just for 18 days noted significant enhancement in their urinary excretion of fluoride. That's what we want. We want food to heal the body. We want to allow the nutrition to support the body so the body can do it on its own. However, tamarind also provides another incredibly useful benefit. It can prevent and alleviate chronic disease. Tamarind seed extract has been shown to target and kill inflammatory chemicals like interleukin, reducing joint pain, swelling, and inflammation. It's quite useful for my patients with osteoarthritis. In addition, it has such high vitamin C content, it can boost the immune system and help detox. It's a good source of potassium, supporting healthy blood pressure, and it also helps heart disease by removing excess LDL from the veins and arteries in the body. In this way, it also can help promote circulation and normalize the levels of triglycerides. It's great for so many things. However, it can thin your blood, so be careful if you take aspirin or other blood thinning medications. According to the Fluoride Action Network, many children now exceed the recommended daily fluoride intake just by using toothpaste. And yet, there's a lot of studies out there. More than 50 studies have linked fluoride to lower IQ in children. If you're worried about fluoride exposure for you or your loved ones, tamarind or iodine could prove to be an essential part of your diet or supplement regimen to help with this. And if you are already low on iodine, then fluoride exposure actually makes the iodine deficiency worse. Now, mercury toxicity does the same thing. And studies have shown that even low levels of mercury in the blood may lead to hypothyroid. It can lead to thyroid inflammation, body temperature impairment, and depression because it occupies iodine binding sites in the thyroid, just like fluoride does. And studies have shown a decrease in T3 and T4 with an increase in blood mercury levels. Now, stress also throws hormones out of balance, but it's a huge problem for those with thyroid issues in particular, because when stress hits, the adrenals produce a lot of cortisol to compensate for it. Yet, cortisol activity suppresses thyroid hormone output. In essence, stress decreases thyroid activity in an effort to conserve energy for the fight-or-flight task at hand. And it's okay if the stress is temporary, but we get in trouble with chronic stress and constant suppression of the thyroid hormones by too much cortisol. So just do as much stress management on a daily basis that you can to help support the thyroid. And lastly, soy and soy-containing foods interfere with the thyroid in two ways. First, it's goitrogenic, so it blocks the delivery of iodine to the thyroid gland. The second way it interferes is that soy contains compounds called isoflavones that may significantly impede thyroid activity. Isoflavones do this by inhibiting an enzyme called thyroid peroxidase. This substance is used in the creation of thyroid hormones. 
disrupting thyroid peroxidase activity then can limit the number of the thyroid hormones produced. So those are all the things to avoid when trying to heal the thyroid. Again, it doesn't matter if you have hypothyroid, hyperthyroid, Hashimoto's, or Graves' disease. All these things can bother the thyroid. Again, pesticides, artificial sweeteners, low-fat or no-fat diets, or diets high in the wrong fats, iodine deficiency, eating certain foods raw, eating highly refined processed and packaged foods, fluoride toxicity, mercury toxicity, high stress, and soy or soy-containing foods. Next week's podcast, I'll go over all the things to do to help heal the thyroid and the real reason why the autoimmune conditions of the thyroid Hashimoto's and Graves' disease develop in the body.